Well, 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 Jamsters. The drama is over. Or is it just beginning? The Phoenix Suns have matched the offer put forth by the Indiana Pacers for a max contract for one DeAndre Ayton. Four years, $133 million. He is now going to be a part of our lives, Matthew, for at least the next six months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking about how awkward would that be for six months and we know we're going to trade him. It'd be so weird. So let's see. We got him back and everyone seems happy, but let's see what happens this year. Because right now, it's kind of off to a rocky start right now. Just going into next year, having him back, people thinking that he might be traded January 15th. That's just kind of weird. Yeah, the possibility that DeAndre could be traded, obviously, uh, based on the knowledge that I've acquired Thank you, Dave King from Bright Side of the Sun, the best place to get any of that information. He really kind of broke it down. <laughs> you know, DeAndre Ayton could be traded effective January 15th, but he would have to approve of said trade. It would have to be a full season until we could actually trade DeAndre Ayton. But I think we're looking at perhaps the wrong side of this. We should be looking at the side that's like, hey, we got DA back. And those are things that we're going to explore on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So welcome jamsters and thank you for joining us mid-july podcasting it's nothing quite like it it's 107 degrees outside it's muggy it's gross and we're inside in some air conditioning drinking beers talking about the phoenix suns i wouldn't have it any other way my friend <laughs> so a reminder to everybody if you're watching please subscribe rate and review hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on youtube if you're listening to the podcast please subscribe rate and review there as well if it's on apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review Type in whatever you want. We'll read it right here on the pod. And if you're on Spotify, simply to give us those five stars. Matthew, I saw that you you did a jort yesterday. You went live by did, yourself. Yeah. You wanted yeah. to drink some Four Peaks Suns Brew. Right? I did. Yes. Are you doing it again yeah. tonight? I'm going to do it. It was so good. It's been a while since I had a beer. But last night when I had that one, it felt good. You know, sometimes it's so good when it hits you. Sometimes lips. you just you, sometimes you just need a beer. And tonight I'm going to do it again. So, well, I'm rocking an 805 tonight. You got a Backwards. Four Peaks Suns Brew. So pop them if you got them, <laughs> Suns fans. Let's uh, let's talk about these summer suns and everything that's kind of going on in the in the world of Phoenix. So it would probably only be appropriate to talk about the man who everybody has been talking about now for the past 24 hours, and that is DeAndre Ayton. Watch. That's right, Jamsters. You'll continue to see that drop for who knows how much longer. Uh, Matthew, you know, it's it's been 24 hours now since DeAndre Ayton signed, or, or, or since the, the Suns matched the offer sheet. So... You know, I, I know you did your jam session short. You've had a day to process it. What What are your thoughts right now? How are you feeling about this whole where we where we are at in the DeAndre Ayton story? Well, let's just throw that pod out yesterday. You know, it was just a quick little short. It's funny because I just got off of work. Well, I just clocked out, and it just happened to be the time where DA did science. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do one. But I just I want to just say everything almost again, and just just don't listen to the last pod. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. It's interesting because I feel like we just we needed to have him back. It seemed like chaos with him leaving us, going to Indiana. It just seemed like a smart move for them to sign him and re-sign him. And I was going to ask you too, like after I get my thoughts, that the amount of money that he actually was signed for, the the matching of the one thirty three for four years, is does that save the Suns any money if they were actually to re-sign him last year for the four year? I know they want to do the four year, but they but he wanted the five year. Does it save them any money at all? Cause I actually just thought about that and just wanted to ask you that. Well, what it does is it allows the sun's roster flexibility. And that's why, what James Jones wanted. And it's interesting because the whole rookie designation thing, right? Like no one, even Bill Simmons didn't know about this rookie designation rule, which essentially says you can't have two guys who, who are on a rookie max deal. And we've heard that phrase since the entire Kevin Durant, saga has begun because 
Devin Booker could not be a part of a trade to the Brooklyn Nets because he is on a rookie mask designation deal. And it, you can't trade him to the Nets where they already have one member of their team that has a rookie destination deal in Ben Simmons. So the reason that James Jones was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers, if you will, in not offering that rookie max contract to DeAndre Ayton, because you can have two guys on the same team who have a rookie designation if it comes from the same team, but you can't trade them. So it doesn't necessarily save the Suns any money. He's still going to make about $33 million a year, which is max contract money. But what it does is it's not a rookie designation max deal. It's not for that fifth year. So what that does is that allows the Suns roster flexibility. Let's say that next year, you know, they want to, or not next year, but the following year, once Devin Booker's kind of off of his rookie designation deal, and he's going into that super max, making a shit ton of money deal, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that at that point, there's a player who's still on a rookie max deal who is ready to kind of move on from wherever they're at. You can bring them to Phoenix now because DA is not on a rookie designation deal. Devin Booker's passed that deal, and it creates that opportunity. So it does. It, it's not something that necessarily makes itself uh, an ideal situation right now. But in the long term, it's an ideal move by James Jones, and it's very cerebral that he made that move. So he got what he wanted. He wanted DeAndre Ayton last year to sign a three to four year deal. On a max, well, four max money, but three to four deals or three to four years. Once he said no, we're not bringing you back on a rookie max. Then it, th then the, the the clock essentially started. It says, hey, you know the the market will dictate what you're worth. And the Indiana Pacers were the team that says, okay, we believe, and all it takes is one team to say that to to dictate what that market is, right? And Indiana said, you know what? In our opinion, you're a max guy. So here's four years, one thirty three. And the reporting is that the Suns match that deal. In three minutes, there was no oh, sign in taint. I saw 90 seconds actually, but minute and a half. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> pretty damn close, though, right? Like, yeah, right there. The Suns were like, No, no, we knew that we wanted to keep DA, we were going to allow the market to dictate what his value was. The market dictated such, so boom, we'll bring him back. But again, from a whole from a roster construction standpoint, it does a really good job of keeping it flexible as possible, not for 2022/23, but. Two years down the line, if and when they want to bring in a third, you know, a tertiary superstar around this core that it seems they are committed to keep together. Yeah, it's crazy how people worry so much. I mean, everyone, even with their own lives, worry about everything in the future that they can't control. But when you're on Twitter, you know, you're waiting for the Suns to do something because they really haven't done anything, right? Yeah. They think DA's just going to walk. They think that he's going to walk for nothing. We're not going to get anybody back. Even Miles Turner just says something that might come back from the Pacers. Like, that's not exciting at all. If we were to give up DA and he's playing where there was sticks, that's very disappointing for me because yes, I even is. think the whole sticks thing, like that's kind of underrated, I feel like right now, where he might turn into something that's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like we kind of just let him go for Tory Craig, who might not even make it through all next year. So if he were on if he was on that team with Tory Craig and they were not winning, but they were actually improving, that would be very, very hard to watch. And I don't really care, even with the KD thing, like the amount of picks we give up, because you talked about these players on like a max contract, their rookie max. Like, you know, a lot of these players now, like we see it with Ke Kevin Durant, but everybody wants out of every situation. So yeah. the amount of picks the Suns have to give up, if they have to give up, like, let's just say six or seven, like first round picks. Could you imagine <laughs> that? But then also think about it. If the Suns are a destination and players get drafted into shitty organizations, four years later, five years later, the Suns could pick them up. You know what I mean? So yes, I just think right now the Suns are on a good track to really still get KD because I know if KD's he were the number one option, but I just, I think that the amount of money they're going to go over in luxury tax, which might be a hundred million, which is insane just for the one year. It's just, it's so, it's so worth it. And it makes it even more worth it with DA still on this team. I know I give him a lot of crap and we, we always go, we go through the ups and downs with him, but it's just, it makes it worth it to see how he develops within this organization. We don't want him to leave and be something great, right? That would be the hardest thing mm -hmm. to watch. So that's why I'm glad he can come back and we still have the option to get KD. And it just sounds like the Suns are ready to spend a lot of money. So I'm excited about that. Well, and that's what, and we'll talk KD momentarily, but I think that mm -hmm. this is the first building block, if you will, or, or erector set, erector thingy that shows <laughs> that, you know, Bob Sarver and James Jones are actually willing 
to put forth a roster that's going to go into the luxury tax because they believe that the championship was now. And, and for fans, we have to be excited. You know, what, no matter what your views are on DeAndre Ayton, there, there's pro DeAndre Ayton people, there's anti DeAndre Ayton people, there's people like us, and I think that's kind of like the majority are in the middle on DA. It's like there's nights you love him and you see what his value is, and there's other nights where you're like, come on, man, just like play a little harder, you know, like be consistent. But again, you know, a young player, 23 years old, he's we have him in theory if there's no trades and we hold him for the uh for all of his contract which is really kind of i don't think something that will happen uh, unless he resigns again in his third year uh because if you're if you have da in his third year going into his fourth year and you don't foresee him as a member of or or the part of the future of your franchise you're going to try to bank on his value at that time but even then you know he's 26 years old consistency is going to start to come for da that's the exciting thing is, you know, to your point, Matthew, seeing him go somewhere else, entering, you know, being 23 and going through the next three or three to four seasons, potentially on another team, knowing that the growth will occur and to, to sit back and watch it from afar would be frustrating as all hell. And knowing that we have him uh, is something that I'm very excited for. And, and I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a podcaster. Son's GM session podcast. <laughs> It's content, right? Like DA equals content for us. Always. He always has. Can you imagine if he would have left? Like, what do we even do? I know we have a different watch. Maybe someone, uh, Miles Turner watch or something crazy <laughs> like that. But then also I was going to ask you, where do you think DA's head is with all this? Like, I know we haven't heard from him and it's the off season for the most players are just on their vacations doing what they want with their honeys or whatever. But then I just, I wonder where his head is. I mean, well, obviously he didn't tweet out valid. anything, which... I feel like maybe a tweet or something. I kind of wanted something like, hey, I'm back. But then we didn't get that. But then I didn't really expect it. So I'm just I'm just wondering where his head is with the whole contract and in even the organization itself, like where he's at going into next year. Yeah, that's the other side of this coin, man. It's like ESPN reported. And I don't know how much merit there is, but ESPN reported that he he was very excited at the possibility of playing alongside Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. So <laughs> We have to, of course, explore because it's DeAndre Ayton and we're trying to, you know, yes, we're excited. He's back. I am excited. The fact that DeAndre Ayton is back is exciting. Did I think he was worth max money? No. But you know what? Not my decision to make. The market dictated a value. If it says that he's a max player, sweet. And the Sun said, yes, we'll take him in. Bob Sarver, James Jones, like, yes, we'll pay the money. We're going to go at least 15 mil into the luxury tax. Fuck yeah, man. That's an investment in not only this team, but in this franchise and this fan base. So you can't help but be excited. But in the same breath, of course, you have to see both sides of the coin. And the other side of the coin is, do we get Pouton Ayton, you know, for the beginning of the season? Is he going to be one of those guys who is just kind of like, I don't want to be here. You know, we've, we, we've seen this before. We've seen yeah. it before. So again, you know, that's where that January 15th, uh, deadline is kind of, you know, who is DA by that time? And do the Suns want to try to trade him at that time? My guess is not. You know, that's what I'm going to side on. He's going to come back to a situation in which he sees that the team is willing to spend some money on him. They're willing to go into the luxury tax in an effort to try to keep him. He's surrounded by his boys. You know, he's still got Chris Paul yelling at him. He's still got Devin Booker supporting him. And he's going to he's gonna display the growth that a 23-year-old center, who's a former number one overall pick, in my hope and opinion, should. But do you fear that there will be any Pouton Aiton stuff? Will we have to create a uh, segment called Pouton Aiton? And no. you know, no. and, you know, and will it be a topic that we're going to be discussing throughout the season if he's, you know, not playing well? Right? Oh, DA's Pouton. Yeah, he's. It's it's a business, right? We hear that so many times. But DA's side of it too, like he he played it right too. Where well, he tried to where. He didn't want to sign the four years. He wanted the five. He wanted the max. And yeah. both both sides did not give in. So it's his side. He has his side to it, too, where it's not just the Suns, right? I mean, it's his side where he wanted more money. He didn't settle. Like, Mikhail Bridges settled a year ago for his contract, right, which is a good yeah. contract for the Great Suns. Great contract for the Suns. DA didn't want that. DA didn't want to settle for something less than what he thought he was worth. So I just feel like if you're going to come in and pout, it wouldn't make sense because this is a business and you're still playing with maybe a coach that likes you. Who knows after everything that was said and done after that game. But it's just all these players love him. Like no one said anything bad about him. Chris Paul talks good about him. Everyone does, right? When they had the interviews Mm -hmm. at the softball game, 
you were kind of thinking maybe they wouldn't really talk about DA, but everyone praised him. They said the right things. It wasn't anything where no one wanted him to be here, right? But then also maybe they maybe they didn't as an organization. Maybe they were just hoping something would happen because even being on the trade block this last year for Sabonis, like Flex leaked that, that DeAndre Ayton, that was an option, but they, they got cold feet and they didn't go through with it. So that's kind of weird too. So DA always knows where he's, he's going to be on the trade block. So that's the other side of it. Like there's so many different sides where you just can't be, you're not like we're not comfortable with it. Like a Devin Booker, right? With a Devin Booker, you resign, you're you're good with it. Everyone's mm-hmm. good across the board. There's just so many directions this this goes with this that this goes with De, with DeAndre Aiden because I just I feel like there's so many people with different opinions and how they view this guy within the organization. Like it's kind of like the way I was gonna actually talk about him last podcast is like you know the German Shepherds for the police academy. You have a German Shepherd that was kind of like it was the reject, right? That you know <laughs> they they can kind of see how this German Shepherd does not fit in. And he's not gonna be able to be a police dog. DeAndre kind of reminds me of that, right? Like he he's a fun guy, but then like he doesn't he's not cut out to be like with a Devin Booker or Chris Paul. He always kind of reminded me of that. So maybe they think of them that way. So then I just go through scenarios in my mind and I'm just making myself even more crazy. But I just think that this team loves him and they'll have him back. Even if he isn't what the organization wants, it's just, it's very weird to think about it because he knows that they wanted to trade him. That's the weird part for me. Well, I like what P dog double zero six says. He says DA has 133 (laughs) million reasons to get over. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's, it's, it's a business. And here's what I find interesting is again, with this commitment to DeAndre Ayton, it makes me wonder and hope again, because uh, I, I am a fan of DeAndre Ayton. I think that the guy has a fantastic talent. I'm, I'm a lot like a lot of Suns fans that I'd like to see him integrated into the offense a bit more. You know, we've seen what can happen if he gets a lot of touches and a lot of shot attempts. You know, he could put up some pretty nice numbers. It's just this is a guard centric offense, and it has been for the past two seasons since Chris Paul arrived. And therefore, DeAndre Ayton has played his role and I'm excited to see him rewarded for being about the being about the we and not the me he plays as a member of the team instead of being somebody who's constantly like I need the ball give me the ball oh I don't have the ball you know uh you don't see him do a lot of those things that uh oh god who was I watching the other day um oh Clay Thompson was doing it some you know NBA champion Warriors. He does uh, it a lot, doesn't he? He, he does it a lot, though. He, like, on a possession, he'll want the ball. He doesn't get it. He just puts his head down. He's always, yeah. You know? And, and, and LeBron will do it, too. Uh, but DA never does that. He just puts his head down and runs. You know, maybe he doesn't dunk as, as aggressively as we want. But he does play as a member of the team. And what I hope with this investment for the Phoenix Suns is they decide to integrate him more to the offense. They have made a commitment to him saying, hey, you're going to be here for four years in theory, right? According to the contract, he's going to be here for four years. So let's get you integrated into this offense. Let's start to design more plays specifically for you where you're doing some back downs and you're, you become effective and scary enough in the post in which teams are going to start throwing double teams at you because in a perfect world that does nothing, but uh, excel this offense because then, you know, DA can whip the ball out and they can pass it around and find wide open shots for other players. And, you know, do you think that the Phoenix Suns in making this commitment have also said, hey, it's our job, it's our role to try to develop this player more offensively and allow him to be a more dominant big man? This is always a weird conversation because I feel like we hear a lot about it after not knowing where he would end up. A lot of people were talking about, you know, he never really had the opportunity, right, to really implement himself into the offense, be a vocal point, but focal point i just the thing is with him i never really got the feeling that he wanted to be i mean there's certain comments he would say like he always said like yeah i'm a team player and stuff but i never felt like he wanted to be the dominant center right Mm -hmm. like i just feel like he never went out and really wanted to be but then maybe it's just the situation he's in because if it's that's what i'm saying it goes back and forth it's like did he want to did he not like there's comments in the bubble where he talked about he thought the sun's gonna win without him which is kind of weird with mikhail bridges in the interview like he just has this thing where it's like he's there have fun and play hard when he when he can but it's never like i want to be the vocal point i'm going to go play hard every night and the way his game is i always thought that he could just he can kind of go after it and be more intimidating in a way where you know just like last last year in the playoffs against the pelicans there was that game where chris paul went off but the way da played the boards and played the rim like no one was throwing the ball he can dominate when he wants to right so then you think of that and it's just like, I don't see, I never thought of him as a guy that wanted to be the main guy because he's never really said it. And I know it's good that he never did, 
but even body language wise, like I never thought of him like, oh, like I'm annoyed. I'm not getting the ball. Like he yeah. kind of just like went through the progression of offense a lot of the time. So I don't think that was ever a thing for me. It wasn't. And it just kind of came out the last two weeks where it was kind of, it kind of was. So I'm kind of confused on that one. Yeah, no, I hear you a hundred percent, you know, and again, like, like Dean St. Louis just said in the chat and thank you to everyone who's joining us live in the chat in the middle of yes. July. Uh, I just don't know if he can constantly play like a max player, you know, and, and I think about that comment and I, I think that's where a lot of, you know, the, the, the Deandre and haters, right. will constantly bring that point up. Well, he's not playing like a max player tonight, mm-hmm. but you take a look around the league at some of the max players and they don't play like max players every night. You know, yeah. it's like, so again, like, again, what defines a max player isn't their actions consistently on the court. It's what the market dictates. And we can no longer, in my opinion, have, I mean, we can, of course, everyone can have their discourse and their thoughts and their opinions. But personally, it's a lot more of a challenge for me to say, well, well, he's not playing like a max player. Cause regardless whether he's playing like one in quotation marks up to our standards or not, he is a max player now. Yeah. You know, so that is what a max player is. So if you see DA have one of those nights where you feel like he's dogging, it's like, yeah, but that's what a max player does. True. You know? Yeah. So I'll never and, understand this guy. I just, I never will. Yeah. The duality of DA. It's you so know, that's, strange, man. That's what we're going to be. And, and again, I'm, I'm selfishly excited for it. Cause as a Suns fan, it gives me, and a podcaster it gives me a lot of content to crank out about <laughs> DA and about his dedication, <laughs> yeah. about whether or not he's engaged uh, and whether or not he's willing to put forth the effort and want to be great. Somebody mentioned earlier, uh, John Paul Edwards de Dios says he doesn't want to be great. Well, we'll see if he wants to be great. We'll see. You know, because because again, you know, like role players, he, he's a he's a fantastic role player. He's he's part of this core. And I I'm excited that he's remaining here because, to, as you mentioned, Matthew, it would suck to see him go to Indiana, which, by the, by the way, like. Does James Jones only do deals with Indiana? <laughs> right? You know? Like, <laughs> no, I, I know, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah, it's he, like he Indian... played for them once, right? I mean, he I'm played sure, for like 18 different teams. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm he sure. did. I'm sure he, he did. did. So, uh, but again, DA's back. You know, the, the, the title of this podcast, Mo Money, Mo Problems. You know, I, I don't know if we have more problems because DA's back. I think that if we have problems, they're good problems. It, the, the problem we have is now we're going to go into the luxury tax. That's a good problem. That's something we don't normally see from the Phoenix Suns. Now, obviously, if we want to really go deep into the luxury tax, we bring up the KD situation. The rumors are still flying at this point. He's still not off the table. Um, but knowing that DeAndre Ayton can't be a part of any deal, should the Suns continue to, to pursue KD? What, what, what are your thoughts there? Because... The Nets literally hold all the leverage, all the leverage. I mean, the yeah. Suns, and it sounds like the Suns can't put together any semblance of a deal that would be satisfactory to the Nets. I think they want just us to trade the entire organization to Brooklyn, and we're left with like Katie and Booker, and they don't have an arena to play, and they want us to trade the arena. They want us to trade the Suns Gorilla. They want us to trade our colors to them. I mean, Brooklyn wants everything. And again, when you're in that leverage situation, when Sean Marks is in a situation as their general manager, you can't fuck this up or it's your job. My guess is KD is going to be a net next year, not a son. What are your thoughts? Hmm. I, I honestly, I'm 99% sure. I feel like he's going to be a son. Really? Uh, I think he has a lot of leverage. I think he can go where he wants to go. I think this is just the way it is. But if you're the Nets too, what do you want to do? You want to run it back with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving again? No matter how good Kevin Durant is, like he's shown like he can't win with like a Kyrie. The Forget about the games like he missed. Well, I guess you can talk about the games he missed because of the vaccine thing, but you just saw in the playoffs, they had nothing there. I mean, even Steve Nash has Steve Nash as a coach. There was that player in summer league that was kind of like, uh, he heard a comment about Steve Nash and kind of gave like an eye roll, like, oh, like that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it yeah. seemed like. It's like, do you like where this is going? So I think that the the Nets need to move off. They they still have Ben Simmons, which I really like him. And if Donovan Mitchell is included with this trade, which I don't feel like he's going to go to the Knicks, he would be a net. If you have Mitchell and Simmons, you could start building with all those picks again. I think that's a good situation Mitchell for the Nets. On a rookie max, mm. so you can't yeah. do it. Then why why are they talking about the Nets? They're talking about the Knicks. And, no, they're talking about the Knicks. But I thought the Nets were the other option. No, right? I heard the Knicks. The God, what was the other the team they were talking about with Donovan Mitchell? 
Well, then screw that idea I had, dude. I, don't, what, I didn't what, even know he was still on his rookie his rookie max. Yeah, because he's a he's a year past. Uh, he's a year older than Booker. Okay. Yeah. So unless he well, signed his other deal, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, I'm I guess. Wrong. I mean, you've been the heat. Yeah. To Bill Amanda Simmons. just said it. The heat. The heat. Which who? Oh, okay. Which who? Ha, who has he looks Bam like Adebayo? So yeah, I don't so, know. You think Katie's going to stay? I just think it's a weird situation there. Like you're not going to win with those weird, two dudes. It's a weird situation, but again, Brooklyn holds all the leverage. Katie just signed an extension. So now don't get me wrong, like if Katie wants to hold out, if Katie's hell-bent and determined says, "I will not play for Brooklyn one more time." Guess what? He's got the world heavyweight champion of sitting out for stupid reasons on his team and Ben Simmons. He just needs to ask him, like, hey, man, how did you do it last season where you just didn't pay at all? He's like, oh, I just keep kept making up injuries, man. My back. Yeah. You know, my mental health. I use that buzzword and everyone was like, oh, OK, we don't want to. Ben Simmons, you know, he, mental health. He's, you know, it's like, yeah, he's making 70 million. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that in time we could see Kevin Durant as a member of the Suns, but I just don't think it'll be before the season begins. It might be something where he holds out. He's not going to play. He's going to sit there and, and just not put forth any effort to try to rectify any situations in Brooklyn. And they might try to have to trade him by the trade deadline in, in an effort to garner anything from him. You know, I, that's all I can see. But yeah. and, and I get it. And I know that Flex is saying otherwise, you know, and, and these there's a lot yeah. smarter people who have a lot more uh, uh, contacts inside the NBA influence inside the NBA and have a better understanding of how all this stuff works. But from the outside looking in as a pure 100% Phoenix Suns fan, I just don't see James Jones willing to gut the interior of our core. Okay. And by that, I mean like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, you know, Sarge, all, all these, all these assets. I don't see him doing it all for Kevin Durant. Now don't get me wrong. You end up with Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton on a team. That's a great fucking team, man. It is on the front line, but you've murdered your depth. And we'll talk about it momentarily. It looks like they're doing a good job of backfilling their depth because we're going to talk about some of their newer players and some of the transactions that James oh, Jones has executed. I forgot their fucking names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got them. I got them. <laughs> you know, but, but at the same time, you know, it's interesting. So says Jay says Nets have zero leverage. Katie has it all. If that's the case. <sighs> Then why is KD not just on the Suns? I want to go to the Suns, so he's not on the Suns. They're the just Nets. there's something else. I think it's because, it, like I said earlier, where I thought like Mitchell would go to the Nets, but then you brought up the whole uh, max contract thing as a rookie. Like, yeah, that's one thing. But I think they're just waiting to see what else is out there. I don't think it's the Nets. I think the Nets are, but Katie's just like, no, I'm getting traded to the Suns. Like, this is what's going to happen. But I will wait. I will wait till you guys receive to what what you guys need, picks, whatever these players whatever you need. And like Sean Marks just resigned too, right? As, as the dude in Brooklyn. So I don't think he's done a bad job, but even if he lets KD walk, like he got these guys to come to Brooklyn. It didn't work out. Like there's nothing that he can do with that. Like they were on the court. They fucked things up. It wasn't him. He got the big names there. So I don't think he's done a terrible job. I think that he did the best he could by getting those players here. And now if one wants out like Kevin Durant, that wants to go to Phoenix, I just think it's going to happen. And yeah, flex is, He's been truth. He's been truthful. He's been held to his truth the whole time. I feel like he he's been almost like 100 percent right this whole time. And when he's saying that KD has leverage, I really believe that he does. And I think every player does because you've seen these players get out of it. And I'd be surprised if it lasted till next season to where the Suns have to trade to get him. And depth wise, if we were to give up Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, I'm okay with it now just because we have Aiden back. Even though mm-hmm. I like Mikael maybe a little bit better than Aiden. It's like you got to have one of those two dudes that you drafted that are going to be really good players, maybe all-stars. So if we have Aiton and we have to give those two guys away, no matter how much I love Cameron Johnson, that's still that's a team you can't pass up. That's a number one team again this year. That's the team that everyone has to look out for with a great coach and the bench. Yeah, we'll talk about the other two dudes. I just – depth matters, but when you have those guys out there, as long as yeah. they stay healthy, it's okay. And if Cameron Payne can step up, then that's fine. But – Depth to me does not matter if you can have those four guys out there starting next year. Well, with the Nets giving up Kevin Durant, it's going to be your classic like, okay, we'll give you two quarters, uh, three nickels, and, you know, like seven dimes for a dollar twenty-five. you know, like whatever the math is on that. The team that 
typically gets all of the picks and all of the the little micro assets versus the superstar generally loses those trades. So I don't know what, again, if you have a player who doesn't want to be there and, and I, and I hear what everybody's saying. Okay. Uh, the, the nets didn't make a commitment to Kyrie Irving one. They, he, he opted into his, you know, $44 million, whatever it is contract, but they didn't sign him to an extension. So that was kind of red flag. Number one, right? The Nets aren't willing to invest in Kyrie, and KD wants to play with Kyrie. But then he instantly wants to trade away from him the moment that he provide, you know, that he says he wants to opt in. So he wants the hell out of there. I get it. But the organization has to have some power in the situation, right? I mean, everyone's saying that KD has all the leverage. It's like, well, then what's the point of an organization? Why do people sign contracts if there's no consequence to said contracts? Yeah, exactly. And we we saw, we, we, saw it, we saw it with Anthony Davis. We saw it with Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis was further along. He still had like two years left on his deal when he forced his way out of New Orleans, and then they got a ton of picks and a bunch of really good players in that one. Uh, so that might be an example of you know you give me two two quarters, uh, three dimes, and five nickels for a dollar, and you know they won the trade versus the the guys who got the dollar. So you know, again, I think that I'm just. I hope Katie, and this is the other side of this. Like, I hope Katie's on the Suns. I really want him. I don't want him to gut the cords. It would kill me to see Mikhail go, as I'm sure that very many other Suns fans would say. But, yeah. you know, it's if that's what brings you KD, it's what brings you KD. I just don't know if I see it happening. I just, I don't see, because we're kind of hitting this, you know, if KD can force his way out of Brooklyn after signing an extension like that, I mean, that's kind of a monumental type of player empowerment statement right you know it's one thing to do the ad thing it's another thing to do like the james harden thing right twice for james harden but to have somebody sign extension for that long for that many dollars and then to instantly say yeah i don't want to play here the following season that's kind of a monumental moment in the in the, in the nba don't you think it is, but then also, if he doesn't want to play there, then why would an organization waste their time with a guy that doesn't want to play there? Like, start rebuilding, start just, getting other it's assets. Frustra- if you can. It's frustrating, it though. It is, like- but they're chasing the championships now, man. That's what all these players want, are just the championships. They have to make sure they get them before they're done playing in their career. They get as much as they can. And also... It, it would suck if this is such a big deal now that Suns have an opportunity to get Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? It's always been such a big deal. You never thought um, James Harden, what he did, you never thought that stuff would actually happen. The Suns are the James Harden would actually get traded twice, right? Force himself out of two situations like that. It happens. Now they're saying that again about KD, but if you watch the Nets last year, it's just no good. How do you run that back again? Even though they were close two years ago to get into the championship, it just doesn't seem like a good feel. They had their opportunity. It's time to move on. That's just the way it is now in the NBA. Just like the Suns, if they get Kevin Durant, this doesn't work out. Guess what's going to happen next offseason? It's going to split up. Chris Paul is probably going to be gone. Devin Booker, who knows? I'm just saying this could happen to the Suns at the end of this next year if we don't win. Because if you get Kevin Durant, you have to win at least the next two years, maybe if you have these guys and they're healthy and there's nothing, there's no issues that went on in the post in the postseason coming up. If there was no injuries and these guys were playing at full full strength, they have to win. That's a lot of pressure, but it's also a lot of money. That's why you go into luxury tax. You'll make a lot of it back. I feel like off of the money you're going to make off of Kevin Durant being here in Phoenix. No, I get you. I get you. And I think that the reason you'd run it back if you're the Nets is the fact that in the last what, two seasons, they played a total of 58 games together and they were 34 and 24, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it co- that combines the regular season and the playoffs. So, you know, in, in two seasons, which is what, 164 games, you got 58 games out of the out of the two guys. I think that's enough reason for them to try to run it back is we still haven't, we still haven't had an opportunity to give this thing a chance yet. That That's, if you're the Nets, that's what you're thinking. And that's what you're trying to, tell KD it's like listen man you were we signed you we brought you in you were injured you didn't play an entire season you know and and then you only played 58 games with KD in this time frame so let's give it a chance but again if KD wants out like you said KD will get out I just don't know if he'll get out at the beginning of the season because they're gonna they're gonna drag this thing on all summer it's gonna be a while that's why it's like we gotta move on to other things we gotta get ready for football coming up because this is probably gonna last until then like I was watching Suns Geek last night he's like I feel like it's gonna happen in September which I'm like yeah that actually that might be what happens and true it's gonna drag out for a long time and 
I don't know, man. Just if this happens, though, you know, I just it's a, it's going to be awesome. But the pressure on this organization now to actually get it done. Oh, it's going to be crazy. The roof. It'll it, be can, the roof. it can be hell next. If this does not happen, though, and they don't win with this guy. It's going to fucking suck. It's going to be worse than like what LeBron did with the Miami Heat organization, I feel like. But would it be worse than a game seven against the Dallas Mavericks in which you get Where everybody was constipated or had diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> Either one of the two. Whatever happened to them in that whatever game. That. Oh, God. Well, you know, moving on, the Phoenix Suns have made some transactions thus far this summer. And I just want to talk about these guys kind of yeah. briefly, if you will. See what... uh. See what your initial thoughts are on the back end of the roster, things that the Phoenix Suns have done. You know, a couple guys that they didn't bring back. Aaron Holiday. Uh, would, who who did he sign with? Do you remember? No, I didn't. Oh, who is it, Jamsters? That's a like weird was, one to be upset about because it it's like he never played. So it was like. We, we always wanted him to, though. We always wanted Suns him fans, to because always wanted falling him apart. To. So we're just trying to glue it together <laughs> like with anybody, this guy. Anybody. Anybody. Uh, the Hawks. That's right. Yep. He he signed with the Hawks. Uh, thank you to the Jamsters for saving us, as always. We're super prepared. Yeah, as so, uh, And Kaminsky went there as well, as Fabio noted. Yeah. Um, but from a guard standpoint, Aaron Holiday, gone. Alfred Payton, not brought back. Probably will never play another game in the NBA. Uh, so the, the Phoenix Suns, it's true. Um, but we brought in a couple new guards. Uh, first guard, Josh Akogi. Six foot mm-hmm. four from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he, you know, a one year, uh, $1.9 million contract. So something that's very, very affordable. In his four previous seasons with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he averaged in 20.6 minutes per game uh, and primarily coming off the bench. Although he did, you know, for half a season two years ago for the Timberwolves, he, he played about, you know, he started 37 games. You know, he, he actually started 123 of his 244 uh, games as a pro, but 6.4 points per game, uh, you know, 27.5 three-point shooter. So did the Suns, in by bringing in Josh Akogi, just uh, just sign another, another Alfred Payton who can't shoot? Yeah, you know what? Seventy five percent from the free throw line. Coda Kid says Akogi is Mikhail's replacement, which might because they started signing as soon as this KD stuff started to hit. We got like the yeah. two wings, right? And Damian Lee yeah. will talking a little bit, so it's kind of like yeah, it's like that defender, right? But I don't know. It's kind of a filler spot for me. It doesn't really seem like anything too crazy. It's kind of like um, I guess you're trying to make up one player if Mikhail were to leave. You have him, and you have a little bit more of a wing depth, but. I mean, it's nothing crazy. I feel like the Suns are making good transactions to get these guys on in small contracts, but it just, we'll see how it pans out during the regular season if these guys could fill up a big role. Because honestly, the way our bench kind of let us down last year, where we were so excited about it, yeah, it just was so miserable. So I'm, I'm having a hard time getting excited about anything else other than the KD thing because anything that's depth, it's just like, what are you going to do during the regular season? Are you going to help us in the postseason? So that's all I'm focused on. No, I hear you. And again, with the Kogi, it's, you know, as a lot of the Jamsters are noting. So if you're not watching this podcast uh, and you're listening to it, head over to the YouTube feed every now and then, you know, see, because you, you, you get some great comments from the Jamsters. And it's one thing that's fun about doing the pod is, you know, as Code says, you know, he's a straight dog. Uh, he's really good at defense, really bad at offense. So he's going to be kind of a selective insertion kind of guy you're going to have him out there when you want to do defensive lineups but no you but you have to have another source of offensive capability on the court and you know it ain't him babe because he is not going to be he ain't going to be knocking down shots in any way shape or form now that being said another addition by the phoenix suns is uh damian lee six foot six foot five uh we brought him in on another very friendly deal as well one year, two point one million dollars. He is much more of a of a shooter, if you will. Thirty five point seven percent from beyond the arc in his uh, five NBA seasons. Eight point two points. Uh, generally a backup shooting guard, but he can you know he'll he'll play probably a little bit of that three as well. So I, I would expect some lineups in which we saw Damian Lee out there with Josh Akogi, knowing that Akogi's out there to you know block up defense and Damian Lee's out there to to you know hit the shots, knock them down. Yeah. 
exciting and he did play with kd for uh la kd's last time with the warriors that's last why season they brought they him together. in that's like, exactly the reason Baby right? lee you could talk him into it right <laughs> yeah i mean he knows what it takes to win but i don't even know man <laughs> i don't know it's it's cool i that's how i felt when we got these guys it's cool it's just like they're preparing for something else so i that's what i thought the whole time that's so. how i felt too you know and mm -hmm. then we'll talk about jock landell here really quick yeah as well. there you go you that's know but but the, these are the phoenix suns are making moves to set them up potentially for a KD trade. And that's been kind of, again, the frustrating, the moment that everything started to go down relative to free agency and all that, you know, it's kind of like that meme where it's just somebody sitting there poking the sun's logo. And it's like, come on, do something. And then all of a sudden yeah, you hear the KD yeah. news and you're like, Oh shit. And now that, you know, we talked about a little bit on our last podcast, they could potentially be handcuffed by uh, this decision. You know, the, 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 the pursuit of KD could handcuff the sun's, to where they might not make a bunch of moves that benefit the team because they're trying to set themselves up for success uh, to get KD. But that being said, like I feel like these are a couple of really good solid players that are going to come in and provide minimal minutes but have some sort of impact because all these players do. You know that's why depth is important. But depth depth isn't necessarily important when you hit the playoffs. Uh, when we're talking about these guys, because these guys, you know, this is twelfth, thirteenth guy off the bench, maybe eleventh and twelfth guy off the bench. Mm. We're not going. We we we're not going to, and we shouldn't see them in the playoffs. That's how we knew the Suns were fucked last season. Is when we were sitting there like Aaron Holiday, he needs more minutes. Clearly, he's the answer. He's yeah. like, he, <laughs> he, that's how you know yeah. you're fucked, we, right? You don't, yeah, and you don't get him back. You're like, oh, what are we gonna do without Aaron Holiday? That's the way <laughs> we were thinking in the playoffs. It was crazy. Like that's how bad the Suns were with their depth, and uh, a lot of it was because of Cameron Payne. I think Cameron Payne was just kind of well, something was going on. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Dude. Campaign yeah. really hurt this team. He hasn't been involved of with anything of like any trade scenarios or anything. So no. I guess he's just gonna be a Sun next year for sure. Yeah, I think that maybe his contract is a little too. A, a little too hefty for other teams to try to absorb is what I think it yeah. comes down to. Uh, but bringing up the the next new member of the Phoenix Suns, uh, one Jock Landell Center. Let's go. Six foot 11, <laughs> traded for cash. He's only $1.6 million this mm -hmm. season and has a qualifying offer of $2 million next season. You know, you take a look at this dude. He He's a man, dude. He's, you know, comes from uh, playing with the Spurs and playing with, uh, you know, a little bit with, uh, I think he just played with the Spurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's only one year, right? Yeah. One year. But I mean, yep. He's Australian man, dude. It, it, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like having like another Aaron Baines. He's going to be a fan favorite for sure. I, I just, without a I doubt. I think so. I think without he is. Without a doubt. And yeah. And Code says too, uh, really, Lendale is going to surprise everybody watch. And honestly, when we got him, I was actually excited about that one. I was like, I remember how annoyed I was of this guy playing against him with the, when he played for the Spurs. So yeah. that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have on your team. And I honestly think now that um, Kaminsky's gone, he might fill that role as like our new fan favorite, right? Yeah, because and Javale, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get a, a yeah, lot of the Javale yeah. minutes. Yep. Um, but he's going to get a lot of that love that Kaminsky got, and 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 love that we forgot we possessed, because Kaminsky was out for so long, we forgot how to love. Perhaps last season, maybe that was ultimately our downfall. We forgot True. how to love, but now with Jock Landa, like I'm excited to see this guy play for sure. You know, you take a look Me at too, how he yeah. played last season against the Phoenix Suns. Um, couple uh the what two games that he played against us uh what was his final totals i was looking it up right now didn't look like he did that great against us he <laughs> just had... was a pest like he, he, was. He, he was he was he was pesky. a pest on the he's board he 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 yeah and it wasn't like a whole lot of all oh, like he's he's nailing this like he's he hits a big shot or anything but he always was just there for the rebound making things difficult on the Suns in many situations. So that's what's fun about him. I I know he's 26 and he only played one year, but there's something about him, man. It's just something about this it's that guy. Aaron Baines factor. I don't know. I like like you said, I think this guy's yeah. definitely gonna be a fan favorite. So now we're gonna play my favorite game, Matthew. What jersey are they number are they gonna wear? 46. Right. Oh, okay. So we'll, we we'll, we'll start we'll start with Josh Akogi. Okay. okay. Josh Akogi in his time with the Minnesota Timberwolves always wore Number twenty. Oh. So what is he gonna? What's he gonna wear mm. now that he's a member of the Phoenix Suns? Because Dario Saric, who will be back hopefully yeah. this season, uh, that that's his number. It is twenty-one, twenty-two is gone. So you can't go down. Twenty-three is gone. You can't go to nineteen or eighteen. I feel like you got to keep going up. So uh, what is it gonna be? Twenty-five. Nope, that's Mikhail. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I was so excited. Wow, to you, you already 25. traded him, huh? <laughs> I already traded him. 
<laughs> I'm always so bad at this game still. I don't know. Uh, let's do I like what Mike B says. Go. The opposite of 2-0-0-2. Yeah. Mike B says number two. I think he's going to wear number two. Because uh, who wore guard, number two last so. season? Aaron Holiday? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't pulled on him. Let's see. Yep. No, he there was number go. four. Number oh. two was... Uh... Alfred Payton? Yes. God, we're really. I should have. I should have. Uh, no, <laughs> <fine. laughs> uh, I think he's going to wear number two. All right. What about Damian okay. Lee? Damian Lee, uh, when he played for the Atlanta Hawks back in 2018, he wore number eight, and he was number one with the Golden State Warriors. What does he wear with the Phoenix Suns? Well, it'll be number eleven now, right? Kaminsky was eleven. Oh no, Kaminsky was eight. Sorry, he was eight. Yeah, Kaminsky was eight. I'm going to say eleven. Could I just hit on one that's no one has, please? Eleven's good, right? I don't know. It is. Does anyone wear 11 for the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll go with 11. I can't think okay. of anyone who's who wore 11. Nader's like, wore... 11. Motherfucker. No, but Nader's gone. Yeah. Oh, is he gone? Yeah. Well, Nader, since he... when has he been gone? Na- Dude, Nader, they released him like last season. Oh, my God. Welcome to the Suns Chance Jan- Jan- your podcast. <laughs> my name is Matthew. <laughs> Okay, go on. Tell me, a, t- t- tell me a little bit about yourself now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good with numbers, and I'm not good with Raphael Nader, whatever his name was. Ab- Abdul. Ab- remember? <laughs> Dooley? Yeah, look, look, I'm, I'm looking up the transactions real real quick. Uh, he, on February 10th, he was waived by the Phoenix Suns. Oh, okay, okay. See, so you're going to go with 11. Yeah. You're gonna Fabio go does 11. says he's never gone. He's forever Monty's heart. Maybe that's true. how I feel. So this is true. shows that I never pay attention. All right. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to check real quick to see, I'm going to click on uniform numbers here for the Phoenix Suns on basketball reference. I'm going to see. Okay. Yep. I'm going to go with 17. No one's worn 17 since PJ Tucker departed in 2017. Okay. So, um, that's that's a, what I think Damian Lee is going to go with, you know, he looks like a 17. Yeah. Now the big question is Jock Landell. What no, he's worn number 34 with the Spurs. Obviously we know he's not going to wear that with the Phoenix Suns because it is retired due to Charles Barkley, what do you think he's going to wear? I think he's going to reverse it and go 43. Okay, I was going to say 40s. Anything in the 40 or else just whip out the big 99. You know, if you want to be oh, like Jay Crowder, favorite. Dude, this is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like I have everybody traded and gone except for those four dudes know, of Kevin right? Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul on this team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. so he should wear 99, right? Let's go 98. Wait, who is that? Who's number fun, 98? Fun fact, uh, no, the only guy who's ever won 98 in the history of the Phoenix Suns was uh, Hamed Haddadi. He was your Haddadi. <laughs> Do you know what's funny, though? I was So I have it pulled up. Like Everyone who wore number 17 in the history of the Phoenix Suns, uh, Lou Amundsen wore it. There was a guy in 1986. His name is Devin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I <laughs> I swear to God, Devin Durant. Yeah, played for the Phoenix Suns. Really? 1985, yeah, 1986. Durant. Thing, he yeah. played four games. He had four point three points. Like I got to get a picture of Devin Durant. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, so what do you think for ja- for Jock? I said forty three. You got to lock in an answer. All right, I'm gonna say. Let's go uh, forty. Let's go forty. Oh, you mean like you're uh, like hoping? I, <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna hit one that somebody's <laughs> currently wearing. I was like, you're just waiting. You're like, come on, say it. All say right, here it. we go. Forty. The last player to wear forty, Anthony Tolliver. I remember him back in 2015. I remember him too. Yeah. Luke Zeller, and then of course Kurt Thomas wore it. Corey Blunt, Lauren Mayer, John Coker, Joe Courtney, Mike McGee, David Thirdkill, Mike Niles, Ricky Sobers. Mike Bland, All very Joe, solid players, huh? Joe Thomas and Stan McKenzie. God, 12 players have worn 12 in the in the history of the ugly Phoenix numbers. Hunts. Ugly Yeah, number. Kurt Thomas was an ugly dude. I think that's the one who really ruined it for us. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, other news relative to the Phoenix Suns or around the NBA. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, around the NBA? Um no, who won the championship last year? I feel like I already forgot. Oh, yeah, the Warriors. So, you know, it, it's. I was wondering, what did we even talk about last time we did a pod together? Yeah, I don't, we did one on like June 30th. June and 30th? I don't remember. Yeah. It's um, been a while. 
Jamsters will be coming to you more regularly now. <laughs> it's just yeah, you know, getting over the hump of the, the, the summertime blues, right? We're about to go into the most boring time of the year, so we'll still come to you once a week. But uh, and obviously, if any big news hits, like we'll be yeah. We'll be oh, so I gotta throw something out there too. So, John, I was working on so sixty-four wins for the Suns. Right? I saw you were working on this. Tell, yeah, tell the Jamsters about this. So 64 moments of the season. I mean, it's the season, of course, everyone talks about. It sucks because there's no point to it. But I feel like once we get Kevin Durant, everyone will feel a little bit better. But even right now with DeAndre Aiden re-signing, we kind of feel better about this team. So I want everybody to revisit last year and think of your favorite moment. Let us know your favorite moment because we're going to do a top 64 bracket of the best moments from last year. We're going to count them down get some videos together, throw them out there, get some voting and just see what the number one moment was last year. Just something fun to do, something different. So and I just, Matthew, I'm at you number... are 100% in charge of doing all this. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I already got started and I am at 36 moments, I think so far. So I need a little bit of a help. A little nice. bit of a hand. Let's see if I, let's see if I can think of uh, some moments to throw out at you. Uh, yeah. do you it could be anything. Dev Booker, I even the have Raptor. The Yep, got that one. I even had the girl that flashed her uh, cha-chas behind uh, yeah, Tom Chambers. The, that's the, a moment. So anything that's a moment, it'd be fun to see what wins because it's not going to be like the number one, like what you really think it's going to be, like Cameron Johnson's buzzer beater. It'll yeah. probably be something really fun and different. So, <laughs> Well, there you go, Jams. Just make sure you uh, send that information to at Jam on Twitter. Uh, Summer League, how many minutes of Summer League basketball have you watched? What is, let, let's talk about how the Suns are effectively u- utilizing the Spain pick and roll in summer league thus far in vegas yeah i mean it's amazing um when i was i've been i've been watching i think i got to one plus minute oh i've watched zero <clears throat> yeah sorry watch i'm sorry it's interesting because you know in it's years past right. when we would do the pay when, when we would do this podcast we'd be very involved with summer league we were scouting players and i'm i think i've you know james jones has changed me i'm yeah. a changed man i care not about the summer league uh, much akin to the G League, the Phoenix Suns have no interest in the Summer League or the G League. They just they they're no longer a franchise that looks to develop. And I think that's a valuable observation you make when it comes to trading draft picks. If you're trading draft picks, if you're trading seven draft picks for KD, right? Because the max you can trade is four, but you can do three pick swaps as well. So seven's kind of the max number that you can that you can throw out there. If you're trading draft picks, you're an organization that says we don't think that we're going to need those draft picks. Right. And we, as you mentioned, Matthew, we're a destination mm-hmm. for free agents, for people in, in trades, you know, who want to dictate where they're going, a la Chris Paul, a la Kevin Durant, a la probably Devin Durant back in 86. <laughs> and I think that if you look at it through that lens, draft picks, obviously, uh, and development is no longer where the Phoenix Suns live. And we've moved off that block. We're not even in that city anymore. I mean, we used to be at the heart of development and draft picks ville if you will and we've moved on we're in a different state now we're in we're, we're kind of hitting with the the heavy hitters we're with the the teams you know that say you know we don't develop this team through the draft uh and we don't value those assets nearly as much as other teams do now that being said you know the nets have to take that into account too if they're going to try to trade for kevin durant or trade away kevin durant and get draft picks in return they know that the draft picks aren't nearly as valuable because you're sending away Kevin Durant. This guy's going to, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get the 28th, 29th, or 30th draft pick every year on a team that has him rostered. So that's why it's like, it's, it's such a challenge. And, and that's probably why we haven't seen any movement on this front is because it's such a complex situation and such a layered version of what this trade is and how these assets are being valued by both sides that, uh, that's why we haven't seen anything, and that's why fuck the summer league. I don't know how I got back on Kevin Durant, but fuck the summer league. That yeah, I mean, out. if you're you can show up if you're going to talk transactions, but yeah, go ahead, develop those players, and we'll take them in a four we'll or five years. <laughs> exactly, you know? we could be like the Yankees and I the just, Dodgers. Yeah, I feel like just like when Golden State finally had a number one pick or whatever, it's like, oh my god, who are they going to take? It's so weird that they had one after such yeah. a long time. Suns are becoming that franchise. I mean, they got to win a fucking championship, but. Until then, that you know what, all these young players, it doesn't matter. They gotta develop in something like it's crazy that we have Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre young players developing and still we're and gonna under maybe contract. give them away. Yeah, and we're still gonna give them away, maybe. So 
it, it's it's def, it's definitely different for us. We're not used to it. I do I do miss the drafts evaluating these players, and I'm still gonna watch them and still gonna do it. But for the Suns to look forward to a young player again, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice not to worry about because you realize it gets you nowhere. It got us nowhere. Like, what's the last well, but, team that but, really developed their team and won a championship? Da right? Mikhail, Booker. I mean, I these know. are all these are all draft. I know. That's the other side yeah. of this argument, right? But like, they haven't won anything though yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's true. like you have to Western wait twenty years into their con into the. You know, the Warriors are the only team that really like got it down. They're the only team that did it. And what about the maybe? Bucks? Oh, the Spurs, Spurs too. Bucks. I mean, they traded for Drew Bucks? Holiday. All right, just fuck this, dude. Just, just fuck right off. <laughs> so, Matthew, what uh, what are you watching this summer? What are you getting? What are you watching to get you yeah. through the summertime blues? I'm not watching. You know what I I tried to watch last night was um, the Boys season three. I have first episode. no interest in the Boys, dude. It was there's a part in it that is just kind of like what the fuck, and it was just too much. Like it was too much for me to watch. And involves like a miniature man going at some dude's penis, and then like he blows up. Like he he's a he's a man that shrinks down, so he goes in a guy's penis, and then like he he like accidentally sneezes, and he turns into regular size, and the guy just splits in half. Oh wow, the boys are really but, like that whole scene was just like, damn, dude, it was nasty. So I don't watch it anymore. I heard but... I heard the boys the first se- the first episode of the first season like they went. Because the boys was already kind of a gory show, right? And the, the first season yeah. was fantastic. And the second season was a little bit, I don't know, it kind of lost me a little bit. And I heard that the third season, they come out heavy hitting with the punches relative to gore and, and gruesomeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's something that eventually I'll watch, but it's not on any list of mine. Again, because in season two, they just kind of lost me. You know, I think that, and Thomas Danette is in, in the chat. He's like, the boys, the best show ever. You know, and I definitely have some friends of mine who are very much about that show. It's just, it's not something mm-hmm. that I have a, a lot of interest in. Nothing's uh, good. Like, there's just everything. Stranger with, Things. Stranger Things is good, but it, it's I'm it's on simple. episode seven. And yeah, right, simple well though. Yeah, yeah but, obviously, don't tell me anything that happens because no, I, I still have two, yeah. two episodes to go. But I've enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed Stranger Things for uh, thus far this summer. You know, as I sit back and try to relax here and there, it's, it's I can't been watch a really. Anything. Really, I just I'm not like even the new Thor. I'm not excited to go see that. I'm not oh, excited to we see. We're gonna much. ask you if you're gonna go see it. Did Shan text you? Yeah, she did. And I said, eh. I'm like you. Uh, and then I don't know if she replied, but I don't know. I there's nothing really good out there right now. I, I'll tell you, I'll start to watch something like The Boys, and it's weird that I just turned it off. But I just I turn it off, and I'm just like I don't really want to watch this. I need to be doing something else, like prepping for Podnos, knowing my numbers of the Suns, knowing something <laughs> about the Phoenix Suns and how teams actually can grow their own core. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, nothing right now, man. What about yeah, you, though? Uh, I mean, I've been watching Stranger Things. You know, it's it's a lot of murder mystery type shows are always kind of on in my house, which are those, those things just always suck you. And you're like, they did mm-hmm. what? They killed who with what? DNA crazy people DNA every time. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like people I don't understand how anybody kills anybody anymore. I just don't just get life it. sucks that much where you just I don't guess. care. Well they you watch one mean? they watch one episode of the boys and they're like, you know what? <laughs> we go slit a motherfucker's yeah. throat. So, Bad childhoods. There you go. Uh, Thomas Thomas Tanette says terminal list. Never and heard Steve of that. Haller also says terminal list too. So maybe I'll check that out. Hmm. What's that on? Steve what Haller. Is on? Steve Haller. Thomas Haller, Tanette, what's that on? Holler, holler if you will. I think it's on HBO. I'm not sure. Is it? I'm not sure. Okay, HBO stuff's pretty good. I saw the Elvis movie. I thought that was really good. Oh, the really? First 45 is that on minutes. HBO? No, no, no. It's just, I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. But it was like the first 45 minutes. You could tell the director was like trying to be very like directory, if you will. And then mm-hmm. he, and then it like settled in. The actor who plays it is fantastic. So it looks like oh. Terminal List is on Amazon. So. You know what else is on Amazon? Yankees games. I watch a Yankees game on Amazon <laughs> Prime. Isn't it awesome? I've watched zero baseball. And guess what? The all-star game is about to be at Dodger stadium. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, I'm going through the motions in baseball, man. I've lost. Yeah. I, it's weird. How I've lost all passion for baseball. It's and all I've gone. Been, I, it, I have, I have like none left. Like I don't mm. like baseball anymore. I'm like, what happened to me? You won the what championship. That was all you needed, I guess. Huh? I guess I'm like, thank God it's over. Yeah. All right. And, you know, it's like basketball and football is where it's at, but I need to get ready for football prep and things like that. So, Oh Yeah. Fantasy but I guess on that note, Jamsters, we're going to thank you once again for joining us on another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. What do you want to do? Sunday nights? Like, we'll do Sunday nights. It's kind of the, does that work for your schedule or? Yeah. Let me look really quick. All right. I wasn't even looking at anything, but yeah, 
That's Sunday okay. night's work for me. So maybe we'll come live this Sunday night. If not, we'll do it every Sunday night after that. And just, you know, it might they might not be hour-long podcasts because there's just not a lot going on. It's just that time of year. I mean, Bill Simmons is taking five weeks off. So is he taking gotta, five weeks? Yeah. So time Good to catch him, up on the rewatchables podcasts, which are yeah. always great pods. But... Oh, that's why he's releasing like the best interviews and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep, maybe busy. we should do that. Our best takes interviews, you know, just it's with just, flex. Yeah. You know, we'll just replay old flex ones where he's saying CP's coming to Phoenix. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. Leave us a five star mm-hmm. review if you're on Apple Pods, uh, and all that fun stuff. But again. Uh, Everyone, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time, either this Sunday or next. Yeah, and everybody, you got six seconds to go home. See your family. Well, now.